Hey, welcome to episode 70 of the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, coming to you from northern Minnesota. Today I'm joined by Jody Pulaski, coming in from Georgia. How's it going? It is sunny and 75, and I know you don't want to hear that being up in Minnesota, but it's pretty nice down here for January. Oh, I, I will take secondhand reports of good weather any chance i can get it's totally fine yeah i mean i've been battling the winter blues certainly but um i don't know my birthday's coming up i usually get a little boost at least of energy around that time um i don't know there's something also enchanting about the winter time um that's exactly what people are tuned in for hearing us talk about the weather totally <laughs> see how many minutes we can pad out uh, talking about that subject um no if, if you've seen the title of the episode you can see that we're talking about an animated film animated film from 2019 um we've been on sort of a run of talking some disney animated movies um jody what were you last on for was it um oh i was right before you guys did the emperor's new groove and atlantis so i can't remember what we had before then but i, I i'm sure it was a disney thing yeah why am i oh soul 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 yes mm -hmm. and you know what this is my perfect time to throw in for everybody uh we're talking about spies in disguise mm -hmm. where a black man turns into a pigeon, which might sound very similar from the last episode I was on, where in Seoul, the lead character turns into a blue gob of goop. And I okay. do not like, I do not like that. So I'm happy to be back here to, to talk about it. And in fact, I'm having a case of deja vu for multiple reasons, not because of Seoul, but because we talked about this a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a synergy we're going for. Um, and yeah, you did suggest doing some 2D animated films. It just so happened that you were available to chat about this one. Um, I decided to check this out for something kind of light and fluffy during the winter blues. Um, and I, I wasn't disappointed, honestly. I really enjoyed Spies in Disguise. It's the first time we're talking about a Blue Skies film, uh, Blue Sky Animation Studios. They're located on the East Coast, uh, but they are subsidiary of uh, subsidiary see if i can get my diction down in this episode <laughs> oh gosh the the malaise the fugue of uh winters in minnesota setting in no um the yeah they started with ice age um subsidiary of 20th century fox which is now part of disney so um technically this is like a disney property spies in disguise um yeah we you were on for soul you suggested that we do some 2d animation which we did the past two episodes but unfortunately uh you were unable to join for those um but we'll make sure to get work in some more 2d animation in the near future uh what did you think of spies in disguise jody um i'm not super familiar with blue sky studios honestly you were saying that they don't produce as many movies obviously as disney mm. and, and other studios but mm. i liked it i was a fan of ferdinand which was another movie that they have um and i i kind of liked the ice age stuff i will say going into this i didn't have high expectations i sort of pictured this james bond knockoff with a birds type thing but the humor for me it started to work after about 
a third of the movie, I started feeling it and I thought, you know, this is, this isn't the worst way to spend 90 minutes. And I would recommend viewing it for people who like animation and they like kind of a, a charming, humorous storyline. Mm -hmm. It takes advantage of the animation medium in some pretty interesting ways. Um, it's like the first straight, you know, sp uh, spy thriller uh, in animation. I know with Incredibles, they were borrowing quite a bit from like the spy genre, uh, but that's also a superhero film. And the two have a lot of overlap, honestly. Oftentimes these characters who are like these super spies almost seem invincible at times. They, they seem to have like superhuman, you know, accuracy, accuracy with a gun or, you know, just these abilities to evade just these crazy life-threatening situations. Uh, they defy kind of your suspension of disbelief at times. And of course, this being an animated film, it doesn't need to adhere to logic or reality nearly as much as you would want from you know your typical live action spy thriller. Um, but I, it didn't deviate so much from like any you know realistic conception of reality that I was taken out of it completely. Um, there are just some things that are like, okay, yeah, they're they're taking pl plenty of creative license with some of these fun little gag moments. Blue Sky Studios began with Ice Age. This is their 13th film, feature film. Um, so like they haven't been nearly as prolific as like DreamWorks Animation or uh, even I think Illumination has been putting uh, these major films out more regularly. Uh, this, I don't know, I, I haven't enjoyed all of these movies necessarily. I think they've kind of got a reputation of being aimed more at young kids, but there's definitely some genuine artistry here. Um, just going through the list, number one, Ice Age, number two, uh, Robots, that was 2005, Ice Age, 2002. Um, Ice Age 2 is 06, Horton Hears a Who in 08. Now Illumination Animation does the, um, the Dr. Seuss films. Um, Ice Age 3, uh, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, 09. Um, Rio in 2011, Ice Age Continental Drift in 2020, uh, 2012, Epic in 2013, Rio 2, 2014, Peanuts Movie, which was the last of their films that I saw in November 2015, Ice Age Collision Course. So there have been five Ice Age movies, uh, 2016. And then, yeah, Ferdinand, 2017, which was their first time ever being nominated for the Oscar for Best um, Animated Feature. Yeah, if you haven't seen Ferdinand, I'm gonna like give it a five out of five right now. So if you're listening and you haven't seen it, I would put it on your to watch list. It was okay. really great, great message. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah, the last movie we talked about on the Thodcast, we you went kind of long as my brother and I just like rambling about world building. <laughs> and uh, I, I recommend checking it out, but um, that was a movie, Atlantis, that sort of maintain the guise of not being purely for kids. Uh, whereas this is much more aimed at kids. Um, I don't know, there, there was no, um, for example, in Atlantis, like animal sidekick characters or annoying sidekicks, you know, it was, it was all just sort of um, played pretty straight. 
uh, and there's action. But this movie did, uh, you know, Spies in Disguise does have some darker moments as well, uh, some action. So there were genuine stakes. Uh, Jody, does, you know, did you like the seriousness of, of this movie? Not particularly. I I liked the simple plot. I mean, as for a kid's movie, for those who haven't seen it, it's essentially this spy who's kind of cocky, uh, who needs help from this biotech inventor Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of clear his name. And in the process, the the cocky spy, Will Smith, drinks a concoction, turns into a pigeon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the serious parts, like, it's not like it was like tugging on my heartstrings. It wasn't like a masterpiece feeling where I felt like my life was changing. I think the reason why I enjoyed it and I would kind of recommend it is, is the moments of lightness I genuinely found were funny. Not so much that the serious touched me, to be honest. Yeah, um, I enjoyed the jokes, the humor, but also kind of some of the serious more deeper moments um more deeper and uh <laughs> i don't know I, yeah it seemed to invoke imagery from you know certain much more serious movies i mean just stylistically in the beginning uh you have um the, the sort of japanese opening sequence where um will smith like is confronted by a horde of katana wielding henchmen and it's like something out of a quentin tarantino movie you know kill bill the crazy 88 um clan or the the, the mafia that um uh, i shouldn't say her name because we're not supposed to say her name beatrix kid what's uh uma thurman she fights off all these assailants uh <laughs> um no, and, and then there was that touching moment at the beginning. I kind of like the fake out of like the, the dis- disarming a bomb um, and there's a countdown timer because that's a trope that gets kind of overplayed in these types of movies. And that's actually the f- first moment of this movie, uh, someone dismantling a bomb. You don't see who it is. You assume it's, you know, Lance, uh, uh, not Lance Armstrong, <laughs> um, Lance Sterling. Um, but it's actually a young Walter, Walter Beckett, um, played by Tom Holland. Uh, in the flashback, of course, he's played by a, a young kid, but um, he's like practicing his spy craft as a young kid. He does like these drills where he dismantles fake bombs. And like when he fails to do so, it sends this little capsule flying and it, it smashes his mom's coffee cup and she's on her way to work. She's a police officer. It's kind of a funny moment. Yeah, it's great. I mean, what I love so much about Walter as a kid and and into his adulthood is his goal is to kind of be a pacifist. Like he wants to be part of the action. He's drawn to it. He's drawn to the tech, to the machinery of it, uh, his little gadgets and gizmos. But he really wants to do it in a peaceful, safe way. And I think that's really cool because it encourages kids and adults to, you know, look for alternative ways to solve conflict. And what I thought was so funny about that scene is his little bomb or whatever blows up into this glitter that just (laughs) fills the screen. It's kind of pink and sparkly. And that's his way of distracting the enemy. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was cool. I thought that was cool to have a superhero nerdy tech guy want to do things peacefully. That's really cool message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a genius inventor, but all of his inventions kind of have the twist that they're non-lethal ways of subduing the enemy. Um, 
he uh, and he's so brilliant that he does get hired by like this agency. It's not the CIA, but it's something you know basically identical. It's like uh, HVUT. It's like honor, valiant, honor, valor, um, uh, unity, and trust, or something. Yes, it's something similar to this, but that is the mm-hmm. the kind of CIA type group that's trying to stop the bad guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and this one, I don't know if there's any secret organizations, uh, but um, there are two villain characters, like two head honcho characters that we see in this film. Um, one's was named Killian the Villian. Yeah, Killian, Killian the Villian, uh, voiced by Ben Mendelsohn, who plays a lot of villains in live action roles. So it made sense. It's kind of like obligatory for him to voice a villain in uh, an animated film um and then kimura is a secondary villain voiced by masioka who's from like the heroes uh, tv show uh, yeah ben ben mendelson has more recently done some sympathetic roles i think just to uh deviate from from this endless trend of playing villains and crazy people uh, but he's so yeah good. they kind of have him in a box so he's trying to break out of it a bit with yeah. this type of thing he he was um, in um, the marvel films alongside um tom holland actually i don't know if you saw spider-man far from home but he's he's briefly in that as this alien character and then and they're shapeshifters uh, but he's a good guy in that were you gonna say something uh, no, I was just saying uh, the voice, the vocal talent all around. I know we already mentioned Will Smith, mm-hmm. Tom Holland, and these few more. There's there's even more voices in this that have really famous names. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. down this list on IMBD, uh, they have quite the, the cast and talent. Oh, it's an incredible cast. And that's part of what drew me into this movie, particularly. Um, I, I just think Tom Holland is so compelling in everything he's in. He was in the Pixar film Onward, so he's already got a major. Well, he um, this was before Onward, so he had a major, like animated film role already under his belt by the time Pixar's Onward came out. Um, Will Smith hadn't been in an animated film since a Shark Tale. Oh gosh, thousands. working yeah. at the car wash, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Uh, I mean, unless you count Aladdin, that's partially animated. He was the, the genie, but I guess he's mm-hmm. in it for real. It's just CGI. Yeah, it's a live action film, but yeah. Um, uh, Will Smith, one of the biggest movie stars of all time, uh, but Tom Holland is kind of as bright a rising star as you can get uh, so it'll be fun to see where his career goes he's got got some neat things on the horizon doing projects like this where they can do the voiceovers must be such a fun change of pace to kind of not that they mm-hmm. probably dislike doing the live actions but it's probably a whole different ball game going in and and really focusing on your vocal inflection and the emotion through your voice it's got to be a a cool change mm-hmm. of pace for them yeah, I, I think um, because they're so skilled at modulating their performance on camera, and that includes, you know, both in their voice and, their, and in their face, uh, and not just their face, but their whole bodies, like, 
Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's usually not too hard to translate that into just purely focusing on the voice. And sometimes that means like when they're in the studio, they just go crazy with their <laughs> gestures, body movements, uh, because it's like <laughs> this this isn't being saved on, you know, this isn't going to be in the final product. Animators do it's use a lot of that. Yeah. I was gonna say it's fun when you get to see sort of the behind the scenes with the vocalists. Like if you, back when you could watch VHS tapes, if you'd watch past the credits, <laughs> you'd maybe see the Tarzan vocal performers in the studio doing their, well, I don't remember what the songs are, trash in the camp scenes. Oh yeah. And you can probably uh, imagine that the animators get some of that energy into themselves and some of it comes out with their art. Yeah. it's frequently used as a reference when the animators are posing the characters uh, based on, you know, the, the particular reading of that line um, in the studio. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun sort of collaboration between actor and artist. Uh, and it's unfortunate we don't talk as much about like the the people who are in the trenches doing the animating quite as much but it's just you know an, a small army that's in charge of getting that done over the course of you know the, the many scenes um that ultimately get strung together into the final finished film um this yeah yeah i can't i can't imagine like all the countless hours of work that goes into things like this and that's why sometimes when a movie doesn't have, I mean, in my opinion, Spies in Disguise wasn't a blockbuster by any means. It did come out in the holidays, but I was curious how it did financially when it came out. Like th these movies cost so much money to make, even if they're more on the simple end, uh, that I was curious mm -hmm. if they, it was monetarily a success. Well, this was maybe a little simpler than something like a, a Disney animated film or Pixar DreamWorks even although DreamWorks I know has dropped some of their um, films budgets just to um, kind of experiment at different scales you know of output but this one it had a pretty big budget 100 million dollars estimated according to <laughs> IMDB <laughs> um, and it, it made only um, nearly 67 million in uh, Western Canada. Uh -huh. Yeah, so didn't meet its budget domestically. It got 172 just about uh, worldwide. So it's if it's made its money back, it will have been through um, sort of post theatrical distribution, you know, home video. Yeah, I mean, walking away with 72 million profit is not a sad day, but I know that yeah. you know, some of these movies come in and walk away with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. But I like I like what they did with it. Another thing I liked um, that we kind of spoke on was I expected the movie to just kind of be like city car chases because oftentimes with superhero movies, it's like they're, they're in the city. That's where it all happens. But I liked with this one that they ended up in Italy. They ended up in Mexico. They ended up underwater. They really did take the story to different areas, which is always fun for me as a viewer to just kind of see how they animate different locations and backdrops. So, so they made it fun. They, they put the time in, they didn't just put the same backdrop for every 
fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yep, it follows all the standard story beats of a uh, spy film. Um, yeah, for a significant amount of time, Will Smith, uh, Lance Sterling, is in the form of a, a pigeon. Uh, you know, this this movie does have all the regular trappings of like a kids movie where um, Tom Holland, uh, Walter, has these sort of sidekick. Uh, pigeons himself like he his best friends are pigeons because he's just such a weirdo (laughs) yeah (laughs) he even like i mean his the animation of walt walter is like a limp noodle especially in comparison to sterling who's that typical v shape hard lines broad shoulders in comparison you you even just looking at walter you know he's going to be friends with pigeons (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's uh he invented this crazy like uh almost like a freeze ray but instead you know freezing you it it makes you just go completely limp and kind of turn into (laughs) jelly it's like that scene in harry potter when like gilderoy lockhart removes harry potter's bones from his arm remember that yeah and he fills them (laughs) up with flubber oh robin williams style yeah, so, so you would think like this would be horrifying implications on on a person who's hit by one of these rays, but uh, Walter himself does get hit by it, and he's able to recover from it. it. Just wears off over time. So obviously, in a cartoon, you know, you have your squash and your stretch, and uh, you know, characters can recover pretty easily from these extreme pressures they're placed under <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the 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 kimura character he's like this big fat tattooed guy and he gets hit by the ray and the animation on that is just like it, that was kind of unlike anything i'd ever seen in an animated film very bizarre <laughs> very bizarre and i mean it's not quite as intense but when will smith's character sterling takes the concoction and starts that transformation period it's also pretty uh, oh, animated. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? He's kind of flipping out. Yeah, I wasn't impressed by the trailer for this movie at all because, like, oh, he just turns into it. It's like, how many animal transformation movies have we seen? You know, talking animal movies. It's like, can't you come up with something a little more original for your animated spy movie? Yeah, but, someday uh... <laughs> we're going to do a podcast all about the different animal transformations, if it was worth it, if it was not, if it was good, if it was bad. For this movie, I will say it was not necessary okay. to turn him into a pigeon the whole time. And I know you agree with me on this. The, the movie could have had the same storyline with Sterling staying a human. So I kind of, mm-hmm. if I could, if I could have just recommended one thing when they were in that story room, well, what, what do you call it before they write a movie? When they're sitting on yeah, the their their pitch meeting or the yeah at the yeah. pitch meeting, I would say you know what maybe for this one we don't turn a main character into a pigeon that sometimes has teeth because mm-hmm. the pigeon also sometimes <laughs> has teeth in the movie. Like I don't <laughs> notice that, but yeah, that's a common thing you see in animation too. Um, just so it, it adds to like the expressions, yeah. It definitely adds to the expressions. I think that you should let people listening know about that YouTube video that this studio did. Uh, it oh. was that one with the rabbit floating to outer space. Just in it, case they're curious about the start of Blue Sky. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. Um, Ferdinand was the only movie so far nominated for Best um, Animated Feature. But they actually did win Best Animated Short Film 
uh, at the Oscars back in 1998 before they had made any feature length films. Uh, and it was this movie called, uh, it's a short film called Bunny. Uh, it's, it's like this crazy Sylvia Plath um, anecdote about a rabbit who climbs into an oven at the end of the short film. And Yeah, and then essentially is taken with moths to the bright light. And I think anyone yeah. who who has interest in animation or just vintage animation really you should go check that one out because that's something they kicked up what did you say in the 90s but there's yeah. something about it that's kind of like i feel like there's got to be a cult following for that short it's it's very ethereal uh very existential yeah it's it's like this old widow rabbit at the end of her life you know reminiscing about her and you know deceased husband like there's a, a portrait of them that plays a recurring role um, but yeah, it's like just clearly this movie or this studio has, you know, a lot of artistic integrity behind what their original vision was. And I think that comes through in Spies in Disguise. This doesn't feel just like a totally run of the mill kids movie. Um, there's some good messages and, and like it doesn't, you know, the messages are a bit heavy handed, but they're not so much because it, it is very pacifistic. I know Ferdinand had a similar thing perhaps even more, yeah. you know, obvious that, you know. Uh, definitely obvious, but I, I mean, I don't think our culture exalts that theme enough, especially in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think even if it's a bit heavy handed, it's something we should kind of be pounding into the heads of kids and to ourselves. So I, that part yeah. didn't bug me that it was a bit, mm -hmm. you know, repetitive with the theme. Yeah, Walter's uh, definitely a pacifist. And because he's such a genius, like he can invent things that are just as effective as like lethal means. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just that not everyone is, is this, on the same level of genius as he is. And so usually the best solution, you know, that, that gets applied to a given deadly scenario is you know, meeting fire with fire, meeting force with force. Uh, you know, Lance Armstrong, he, he carries a gun on his mission, or Lance Sterling. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just trying to subvert that. But at least this movie isn't afraid to show guns. It isn't afraid to have consequences. Right, right. I mean, there's a lot of damage along the way with these little battles when they're mm -hmm. fleeing the drone and kind of trying to protect themselves. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, they save the world with a little bit of peace and a lot of <laughs> laughs. But I think that it was a good lesson at the end that they're reinstated. Of course, it's a happily ever after, but Sterling and Walter are reinstated and they get to like continue working to save the world without too much violence. You know, it yeah. kind of wraps up nice and clean like most kid movies do. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I think they'll probably make a sequel to this at some point. I know the directors uh, would like to have a sequel. Um, they were not the most experienced directors, it seems. Uh, only one of them had done one film prior, and that was the first Smurfs movie back in 2011. Nick Bruno, this was his debut. And then Troy Quain, um, that were uh, co-directors on this. Sometimes with animated movies, you'll have like a main director and then a credited like co-director. But these guys were both on equal standing um, in, in their roles as directors. 
Um, and I, I thought they did a great job for, for being relatively new to being in charge of the whole dang thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a pretty clean story. I mean, it could have probably used a little bit of polish here and there, but it, it was impressive. I still think it lags behind some Pixar and Disney movies, but, but it was mm -hmm. worth the watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I reference or, you know, brought up this movie referencing like Quentin Tarantino. Um, also, I feel like Walter's character reminded me of Jeff Goldblum's character in the fly from the 1980s. And that's kind yeah. of a, <laughs> yeah, a brutal sort of, you know, movie that shows a person undergoing a transformation. And in that movie, it was the scientist who transforms in this movie. It's, uh, it's Lance and his, I, you know, you, you mentioned that, that sequence and as much as we might not appreciate like the whole animal transformation plot line uh, as much the, just seeing him transform into the pigeon is pretty fascinating. <laughs> uh, and then all the things we learn, like, I guess uh, birds have this thing called a cloaca. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, kind of nasty. Uh, it's just the reason why, you know, bird excrement, um, it only has one consistency. Uh, <laughs> they, they, it's the same, same hole for, uh, for everything. <laughs> and to be honest that like, I'm in pro I'm approaching like age 30. I literally yeah. did not know that, no. which I mean, I should have maybe thought about that, but I never did think of pigeon poop, but, yeah. but now I know. So yeah, the movie taught me about that too, unfortunately. Um. Yeah, the the two characters have an adversarial relationship at first, and there's a fun like fantasy cutaway scene of uh, Lance ejecting Walter from the spy jet. Oh uh, gosh! <laughs> I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, this has to be like a, a dream sequence. You know, this he's just fantasizing about this in his head, uh, and yeah, that was the case, but it was still funny. Um, yeah, the the pigeons, I guess, can fly ninety two point seven miles an hour. Like they're really. Fast. Oh yeah, I remember um, that now. Yeah, there's just a lot of interesting progress made by these characters. Uh, Rashida Jones plays sort of a mistaken antagonist, where like she's trying to track down Lance, who's compromised. Uh, she's accompanied by DJ Khaled and Karen Gillian as ears and eyes, <laughs> respectively. So those were some fun characters. Um, yeah, so that's Spies in Disguise. Um, I don't know, there's uh, not too much more to say. I thought maybe some of the animation on the pigeons reminded me of like, you know, you have that that squirrel from Ice Age, you know, with the big bulbous uh, eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's kind of a you can see that reflected in this type of art, uh, not art, the animation of this one as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, check out Spies in the Skies, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, and if you don't want to watch it because we've already told you pretty much everything about it, I did think of one more thing that really ties in with like this pigeon transformation. And if you haven't read the book, The Metamorphosis, about this guy named Gregory who turns into a beetle. If you're like an older person and you'd rather read a book about something yeah. like this, that's what I would recommend because it's kind of triggering of what we just talked about today. Oh, and Philip, tell them about your your joke, the spies in. Oh, this movie, <laughs> it's uh, it's about spies in, in? Dis disguise. Duh. But the joke, 
yeah. skies. <laughs> he, <laughs> we thought that has... was good. <laughs> um, and he flies solo. Never forget. Yeah, yeah. fly solo. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good one. Check it out. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say as well. I think it was a short movie and a short wrap up about a movie. Yeah, um, I guess it was based on a short film called Pigeon Impossible. Like that was the inspiration. <sighs> So, so that's the, where the pigeon element comes in. Um, you know, if they had just decided to drop that altogether, then it would have really been you know, much more of a departure. But, you know, sometimes that's just how these things evolve. You start with a premise where a pigeon is involved with some kind of like spy, you know, espionage, you know, short plot. You know, it was, it was a short film. So, what you know, it couldn't be too crazy. Uh, but then trying to stretch that out into a feature film, like who knows where, where you'd ever want to go with that. I could see them like even go so far as to like have, you know, there's an underground spy network and, you know, these animals are intelligent and like they have their own, you know, there are some animated movies that do that, like Bolt, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the pigeons and that are like the good fellas, uh, or oh, that like, other movie came out, Pets. It was like p- just called Pets, and it was like the uh, cats versus the rabbit versus the dogs. I can't remember. Or Secret Life of it. Pets. There was. Oh, Secret Life of Pets. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I guess where where the animals are secretly intelligent, but they don't like use technology really. Or anything. Oh no. There was no. that hamster or gerbil mo- or guinea pigs uh, called G Force, which was ah. hy- hybrid animation, live action. <laughs> And, uh, and and that movie Valiant, which was distributed by Disney, uh, it was like a third party animation studio where it's like uh, a network of uh, carrier doves or pigeons or something. Oh, yeah. Very I never nice. saw that one. I just pulled it up here. I, I remember hearing about it, but Valiant would have been a good example. <laughs> yeah. Or there's Cats and Dogs, which did have Jeff Goldblum in it. Vintage. <laughs> Is that like the old one? Uh, I think that's from the early 2000s. Yeah, cats. That's old for most people. It's 2020. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Jody. Hope to have you back soon. And thank the listener for tuning in to the Thoughtcast for Spies in Disguise. Uh, Jody, do you have any like social media you want to mention? Yeah, I mean, with quarantine and COVID, like I'm not really on social media that much because I'm not doing much. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's great. My account is Jody J O D I, last name Pulaski, P O L A S K Y, and hopefully I'll be on here again soon talking about maybe a 2D movie. We got to get you on for some <laughs> classic 2D animation. Uh, the Thoughtcast conversations about animation can find on various pod- podcasting platforms. Our website is thodcast.com. We're at thodcast on Insta- Instagram and Twitter. Find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, other than that, have a magical day, have a wonderful week, and warm hugs. Warm hugs.